verses 3 down to verse number 9. And the Bible reads, When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visiteth him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And from Hebrews chapter 2, we want to consider verses 5 down to verse 9. We find some similar words. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visiteth him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor. Thou didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that, in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Praise God. I want to use for a simple topic or thought on tonight, dominion. We'll talk about dominion. Psalms 8 is a psalm of David. Many years before David became the great king of Israel, he was a shepherd tending his father's flock in the fields. Being a shepherd afforded David a lot of time to spend meditating and spending time in prayer to his God. The more fellowship that David had with God, I believe the more the things of God struck awe in the heart of David. I can imagine David out there on one starry night looking up in the skies, the flocks grazing by the side of the, the mountains. And David just looks up and sees all the things that God has made. Hallelujah. He sees the splendor of God's handiwork in the skies. Day into day other speech, night into night short knowledge. And when David saw all that God created, he said these words, When I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. And as he considered the scenery that what he saw, and he considered who he was, the things that he had done, who he really was in God's sight, I believe it caused a spirit of humility to come upon David. As he looked up there and saw the things that God had created. You ought to do it sometime. Just go out and look at what God created. Just look up. And you see God, the things he's done. And you look up and you start just considering what he's made. 
considering the universe that he keeps in order, then look at who we are. And God gave all of this to man. And this all struck him in a heart to the point he wrote, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visiteth him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. And it got to the place that thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Dominion is a state of having rule or control. It's the power or right to govern and control. It's the authority to rule or master a house. The power to overcome or to subdue. Man was made to rule, hallelujah, not to be ruled over by the things of life. God placed mankind in charge of everything that he had made. This was the creation ordinance from the beginning given by God towards mankind. In Genesis, we find these words in chapter 1. And God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, and over the cattle and all the earth, and over the creeping things that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Mm. In the book of Hebrews, we find the words are recorded. A man spake in a certain place, testifying, saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou considered him? You made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. Thou set him over the works of thy hands. Thou put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But here's where the turning point happens when he says, but now we see not yet all things put under him. Because back in the garden when they had a possession of everything, they had dominion over everything. Then we find that Satan crept into the garden. A snake came into the garden. There's snakes in the garden, saints. Snakes in the garden. You got to watch out for the snakes in your garden. And a snake came into the garden of Eden. And it caused the first family to fall by sinning willfully against God. And the fall was hard to the point that they not only lost dominion over the things that God had placed underneath them, but they also lost dominion over the humanity. Everything about them was corrupted. Everything about them was destroyed because of the sin that they've done. When mankind willfully sinned against God, the dominion that they had was stripped away and it became dominated and manipulated by Satan. Man's power of free will became a thorn and a stumbling block. True freedom was turned into an uncontrollable drive down the road to perdition with no pedal and no brakes and no steering wheel to guide where they were going. Mankind was a slave to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Everything that was good was ruined by sin. Job wrote this in Job 14 and 1, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Every man that is born of a woman is shaping in iniquity. Everyone that came forth from the womb was, was born and shaping. Sin has had its way in us. 
There was nobody that was born righteous. There was none righteous, no, not one. And in that unrighteous state, the Bible says we're only of a few days. We only have a few days here upon the earth and then we die. And after death, the judgment. And in those few days that we have here, because of sin, we're full of trouble. Praise God. We hid ourselves in the shadows of guilt and shame and covered ourselves with the tattered garments of many regrets. Things that we wish we never got involved in. Things that we don't know why we did the things that we did. We were dead in our trespasses and in sins. We walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. And we fulfilled the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath as others. Sin reigned in our members. The powers of darkness had its way with us. Demons got into our minds to try to cause us to destroy ourselves. Demons had possession of our thought patterns and causing us to do things that we didn't know why we were doing it. And after everything was all done, the devil leaves you there in your shame, leaves you there feeling guilty, leaves you there feeling bad about the things that you have done. Hallelujah. When sin reigns in you, your thoughts are off. You don't know how to think right. Our, our thoughts are perverted. Our thoughts are foreign from God. We think things that are, are far out, things that are crazy. And that's why you find people doing all sorts of crazy things to their bodies, things that things are doing uh, uh, to other people and so on, things they're saying towards other people. They don't respect authority no more because they're off in how they think. We were corrupt our bodies with shameful deeds. We found ourselves in an endless, out of control roller coaster with no hope of getting off. Hallelujah. But God, hallelujah, stepped in and he saw what was going on with his prized creation. And he looked for someone that could stand in the gap and make up the hedge. And somebody that could hold up a standard. He needed a man to reestablish what mankind had lost in the garden and to put all things back underneath his feet. And the God of heaven, hallelujah, could not come and do the things that he wanted to do in his spirit form. Because it would have violated the creation ordinance that he established with mankind. And so that's why God had to come in, in an earthly body to do what man could not do. Don't you know there is no situation of life. There's no itch, issue that catches our God by surprise. We don't serve a God that reacts and has knee-jerk reactions. But we serve a God that has a plan that he enacts in time. Time does not uh, manipulate God that he has to act and, and then react to things that happen because he already knows what's going to go on. So he already has a plan to set in place, to, to correct things and to set all things back in order. That's why it is the, the word where it says all things things work together for good to those that love God to them that are called according to his purpose has meaning when you think about all the things collected together God is able to take all those things not this is one isolated incident but he brings all things together to work it out for our good but if you just look at the one isolated event that happens in your life hallelujah to cause you to doubt what God can do but if you look at the collection of it God is doing to this issue and that issue and this situation and this door being closed and but that door being open 
open. Look what God can do if you let him bring all things together. Hallelujah. But God is never caught off by, by surprise. He always has a plan and he had a plan for this issue that mankind found themselves in. But since there was nobody eligible to, to take up the mantle to bring mankind to the place, even though they had some righteous people in generations gone by, they talked about Noah was a righteous man. But Noah didn't have what it take, what it needed for, for mankind to be made right with God. They talked about Job. Job was a faithful man that didn't curse God. Hallelujah. But he was faithful to God to the end. But Job didn't have what it took in order to, re to have mankind back in the place they needed to be. The, the Bible even talked about Daniel. The, Daniel, hallelujah, the one who went down into the lion's den. The, and Daniel, the one who prayed three times a day. The, this same Daniel that God revealed many things to him, hallelujah, in prophecy. But even Daniel, as good as he was, could not, hallelujah, write the ship for mankind. And so God, hallelujah, already had a plan. And since no one else could do the job that needed to be done, hallelujah, God had to step in and, and take on himself a, a robe, hallelujah, of flesh. He came, the Bible says, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin to condemn sin in the flesh. Because there's nobody that was born of a woman that was righteous in the sight of God. There was nobody's blood, hallelujah, that could purify mankind. There was nobody that had the power, to, hallelujah, to make things right again. But God came down and said, I'm going to do what mankind can't do. But I can't go down in all my splendor. I can't go into the earth, hallelujah, in all of my righteousness, hallelujah, in all of my glory. I'm going to have to shroud myself in the likeness of sinful flesh. I'm going to come down, hallelujah, as a servant, hallelujah, because it was man that messed up. And so if God came down the way he did in, in, in all of his glory, he wouldn't be able to, to do the things that needed to be done because everything was given to man. Man had dominion over everything. That's why the incarnation was important for God to come in the flesh because flesh messed up, so flesh came to make things right. And so God came in the likeness of sinful flesh. And so we find, hallelujah, that the, the writer of Hebrews kept on writing the, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And he said in verse 9, but we see Jesus. Even though mankind messed up, but, but he said, we see Jesus. Even though mankind was, was in the pit that he was in, but the writer said, we see Jesus. Even though mankind couldn't climb out the hole all by himself, but we see these words, but we see Jesus. Anytime you can look and see Jesus, hallelujah, seeing Jesus is a, is a mark of hope. When you can look and see Jesus, you know it's going to be brighter one day. When you can look and see Jesus, you can find out, hallelujah, the hope starts to spring up because you can see Jesus. Before, hallelujah, mankind didn't have no recollection, didn't know who Jesus was. And so there was no hope in the world. But when Jesus shows up, hallelujah, light starts to shine. When Jesus shows up, things start to happen in the spirit realm. When Jesus shows up, hallelujah, sickness has to bow the knee. Hallelujah, we see Jesus. All you got to do if you need the help from God, you got to look up and see Jesus. Hallelujah. You got to seek after his face while he may be found because you can get a glimpse of Jesus. You can get a glimpse of hope. Hallelujah. People are trying to kill themselves and destroy themselves, but you got to see Jesus. If you can just look and see Jesus, you can find some hope. If you can see Jesus, you can find a reason to live. If you can see Jesus, you can find the strength to take another step. If you can see Jesus, you can find the willpower to get out of the bed. Hallelujah. 
If you can see Jesus, you don't have to worry about the drugs anymore. If you can see Jesus, you don't have to worry about alcohol anymore. Hallelujah. We just got to see Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hey, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so the writer of Hebrews uh, kept writing and said, but we see Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Who's made uh, a little lower than the angels uh, for the suffering of death. Uh, hallelujah. Crowned with glory and honor. Uh, hallelujah. That he might, by the grace of God, and taste death for every man. Uh, see, Jesus didn't come into the world to live. Many of us come into the world, hallelujah, trying to keep our lives. We come into the world to try to save our lives. We we come here to try to, to survive. But Jesus Christ came for the express purpose to give his life. A ransom for many. He came to give his life because his life was the only one that could be offered. That could pay the, the, the atonement for mankind. Hallelujah. When he came in the flesh, he went through many things upon the earth. He taught many things to people while he's here in the flesh. Hallelujah. But it came to the point that his hours come. Hallelujah. He had to offer up his life. He had done many miracles. Hallelujah, before that. He had done many things to show that he was the very God. And Jesus Christ is not the third person in the Trinity, but he is the very God. The God hallelujah, he is the God of all creation. Hallelujah, he's the God that made everything by the word of his power. But this same God came in the flesh, and an hour had come for him to give his life. And he went to the cross of Calvary willingly. He didn't try to save his life. He didn't try to keep back his life. But don't you know in the garden of Eden, everything was lost. But in another garden in Gethsemane, hallelujah, victory was about to be won. Hallelujah, triumph was about to come forth. Victory was about to be poured out upon mankind because Jesus said these words, nevertheless, hallelujah, not my will, but thy will be done. With those words, Jesus was ready to go through what he needed to go through for mankind. He was willing to give his life Life. Hallelujah for mankind to be able to live again. And he went to the cross. They nailed him up to the cross. Hallelujah. He bled and died for your sins and for my sins. He bled and died that we might have hope. When he's there on the cross, he endured the cross and bared the shame for the joy that was on the other side. What was the joy that was on the other side of this death? He saw you and I. He saw you and I needing hope. He saw you and I needing a way out. He saw all you and I, hallelujah, needed some strength and power, because when we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. We didn't have the power, hallelujah, to walk uprightly. We didn't have the power to live a righteous life, but Jesus Christ died that we might have life. He died that we might have the strength to continue on. He died that we might have hope for another day. And so he gave his life upon the cross of Calvary. He, hallelujah, was up there in a hot Middle Eastern sun, but it came to to the point that he hung his head and he died after saying these words it is finished hallelujah the plan of salvation was all finished what he needed to do for the atonement of man had been paid he had given all of his life for mankind he was a seed that went into the earth but when he came back out of the earth he was a different type of person he came back with a different type of body he came back and he rose with all power in his hand he rose hallelujah all hell to hallelujah 
I have all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. That's why he is the very God. Because two gods can't have all the power. Only Jesus Christ has the power. And through his name, we have power. Through his name, we have relief. Through his name, we have refreshing. Because Jesus Christ has all the power. He has all the power. Somebody says he has all the power. Oh, glory. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He rose with power. He rose in victory. Hallelujah. He rose with all power in his hands. For since by death came man, even so by the resurrection, hallelujah, by man came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Hallelujah. I thank and praise God for the fact that God came in the flesh. That's the good news of the gospel, that God was going to be kind unto mankind, that God was going to come down and do something special for mankind. And he came in the flesh. Hallelujah. That's the gospel, the good news about God, that he was coming to rescue his prized creation. He was coming looking for you and for me. Hallelujah. Because we were lost in a trespassing sins, but God was looking out. Hallelujah. Looking for somebody that was calling upon him, looking for somebody that needed hope, looking for somebody that was destitute, looking for somebody that was poor in spirit, looking for somebody that was crying out for help. Hallelujah. And don't you know his ear is not too heavy, that he cannot hear. His arm is not too short, that he can't reach to you. But God tonight is reaching to you. God on tonight is reaching for your heart. Hallelujah. Will you open up and give it to him? God, God is reaching to you. He wants to bring you out. He wants to bring you up. He wants to do something special in your life. But you got to let him do it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we hear in the Bible, now we see, hallelujah, now that Jesus Christ has come, the Bible says that he's far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which has come. And he has put all things under his feet. Jesus came and put all things under his feet as a man. He came and put all things under his feet. The things that Adam and Eve lost. Hallelujah. That slipped away from them. The dominion that they had. But Jesus Christ coming in the likeness of sinful flesh put all things under his feet. And he gave him to be the head of all things the church which is the body. The fullness of him that filleth all things. Now listen to this. Hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ he's the head of the church because Jesus Christ, hallelujah, he has all power and he put all things under his feet and he's the head of the church. And if you're part of the church, that means that through Christ, you have all things put underneath your feet because he's ahead and we're part of the body and we're part of the body of Christ. Whatever God puts underneath his feet is underneath the feet of the church. Hallelujah. So through him, you have dominion in Christ. You have dominion given back to you and Jesus Christ. It was lost by a man, but when Jesus Christ came in the flesh as a man, he was able to put all things under his feet and then made the head of the church. And now being the head of the church, if you're part of the church, you should have dominion over the things that God has dominion over. Hallelujah. You should have power over the things that God said you should have power over. The Bible says, hallelujah, in Acts 1 and 8, that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. See, this is dominion power. The Holy Ghost is kingdom power. It's not power to dance. It's not power to shout. But it's power, hallelujah, kingdom power. It's authority, hallelujah, to rule and have dominion over. When you receive the 
gift of the Holy Ghost. You got power, hallelujah, and dominion. You got to put the power to rule. You got the power to subdue. Hallelujah. That's why if you got the Holy Ghost on tonight, it's time for you to get busy calling upon the name of Jesus. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't have dominion. Without the Holy Ghost, you're being dominated. Without the Holy Ghost, you're a toy to the Satan. But time out and say, I don't want to be Satan's good thing anymore. It's time for me to rise up. It's time for me to claim dominion. It's time for me to claim authority. It's time for me to have power. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Acts 1 and 8 was the beginning of the church. Hallelujah. And all those in the church of Jesus Christ at that time, hallelujah, had been given dominion back. It was only given to the Jews at first, but this thing spread out. And then you find Cornelius and the Gentiles were now getting dominion over the things that had them in captivity. The Gentiles, hallelujah, were in idolatry and wicked practices. But when the Holy Ghost came into their life, they had dominion over those evil works. They had dominion over those evil practices that in their dominion over the evil things that they used to do hallelujah but it didn't stop there it went to the Samaritans and the Samaritans hallelujah had dominion over the things that had them in captivity we have power through the Holy Ghost listen to what Jesus says he said I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy you got that power if you got the Holy Ghost no certain hallelujah no devil has no business having power over a saint of God. No devil has any business being in your mind. Hallelujah. Because you got dominion. You got power. You got authority to tread upon. Hallelujah. Serpents and scorpions. And I like the fact the Bible says all things are underneath his feet. Sometimes we read about just putting your foot on the neck. But the Bible didn't say a foot. It said you had your feet. All things underneath your, your feet. Hallelujah. So you know you, you got a good foothold upon whatever had you bound. You got two feet on that thing. Hallelujah. There's no chance of it getting back up. With one foot, it might be able to wiggle around. But with two feet down, you got a full stance. You got your full weight down upon whatever got you bound. You got to keep your feet on whatever the thing that you destroyed. You got to keep your feet upon those things that try to bind you. And don't let them bind you again. Hallelujah. The Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. Hallelujah. In my name, you shall cast out devils. No devil has any business being in your vicinity. If there's a devil on your job, you got authority through the Holy Ghost and dominion to cast them out. You got authority through the Holy Ghost to tread upon them. You got authority through the Holy Ghost to tell them bye-bye. Hallelujah. I don't care where the devil is. You got dominion. I don't care, hallelujah, where it come from, but you got dominion, you got power, you got authority, you can subdue, you can overcome, because you got power. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible lets us know, hallelujah, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations. We need to take dominion of the way that we think. Whereby before, our thoughts were far off. Our thoughts were warped. But now, because you got the Holy Ghost, you have power now to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You have power and authority 
to arrest those things that are not like God, those thoughts that, that come into your mind. We can't stop a thought from coming into our mind. But what you do with the thought, you have power and authority to determine what you're going to do with the thought. Are you going to let the thought run free through your mind? Are you going to let it wreak habit in your mind? Are you going to let it just go over like a, like a bad child knocking things over and tearing things up inside of your mind? Hallelujah. I wouldn't do that if I was you. But the Bible tells us what to do with those foreign thoughts. It says bring it into captivity. You got to bring that thing to jail. You got to lock it up and throw away the key and say these thoughts are no more the thoughts of mine. I'm locking these thoughts up. Hallelujah. I'm throwing the book at these thoughts. Hallelujah. Throw the word of God at every thought that's not like God. I'm locking them in the lowest prison. I'm locking them in the lowest dungeons and it's not going to be seen anymore. He's not going to see the light of day anymore. You got to be serious about your, your, your mindset. You got to be serious about how you think. Lock up every thought. Lock up everything that's not like God. Hallelujah. You not only have dominion over the way you think, you need to take dominion, hallelujah, over the body, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We were off in our mind, but once you get your mind right, hallelujah, once you get the devil off your back, and now you can get your mind right, once you get cast out the devil, and now you lock up those thoughts that are not like God, and now you can take possession of the temple of God back. Hallelujah. Don't you know, and sometimes in history, you have people that come and storm different places to try to take it back. But now it's time for the saints of God to take back the things that Satan has sacked. It's time for them to take back territory that Satan had taken away. Hallelujah. Maybe he has you doing things with your body that you have no business doing. But the Bible says that you should know how to possess your vessel in sanctification and in honor. Hallelujah. Here's how you do that. But there's certain things that God tells us to fight against. But there's one thing that God says to flee from. Hallelujah. Run from fornication. Flee fornication. He didn't say stay there and try to fight that battle. But when that comes, it's time for you to hit the road, Jack, and start running for your life. Because that thing will take you out. That thing will take you down. If you're thinking too much about your sweetheart, that's not your husband or your wife, you can have, hallelujah, the ability for Satan to get into that and cause you to commit fornication. Hallelujah. Cause you to, to think things, fornicating thoughts in your mind and in your heart. And it's just as good as you fornicated. Didn't Jesus say that? A man that looked at a woman, the, the, the lust that there, he already committed adultery in the heart. See, it's all about the heart. It's all about what's going on inside of your heart. Hallelujah. Even before you do the act, the thing is conceived in your heart. You got to start, the, you got to stop this thing at the thought level. If you cut it off at the thought level, it doesn't, it can't get into your heart. Because once it gets into your heart, you're going to start finding, trying to figure out a way. How can I finagle a way to, to get this? How can I get a little bit closer. How can I see it a little bit more? You're going to try to figure out how can I do this and do that? Because now it's got a hold of your heart. But you got to cut it off when it's just a little thought. When it's just a little thought, you can bring it into captivity. But when it becomes a heart thing, it becomes a beast. When it becomes a heart thing, it becomes hard. But when it's a thought, bring it down. Oh, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You got to remember what Joseph did. When Joseph was in the situation 
See, there's nothing in the scripture that the scripture does not talk about. It talks about it explicitly, or sometimes it talks about it in principle. We got to take the whole road, hallelujah, as God gives it to us. But we find that Joseph found himself in a similar situation. But Joseph didn't stay there to try to, the, the reason with Potiphar's wife. He didn't try to say, well, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know about that. He didn't do all of that. He just got, got, got his feet moving in action. And he started running. And some things got torn up, but he was running for his life. Because he knew this was a sin against his God. And he didn't want to be, hallelujah, disfellowship from God. But by doing this sin, so he ran. So some things you got to run from. And some things you got to fight. But we find that we got things backwards. The things that we should be running from, we're trying to fight. And the things that we should be fighting, we're running from those things. But you got to get this thing in order. The things that God said, flee, flee. He said, fornication, flee. Everything else you fight. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and we have to recognize this too, that I am crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. Just like Christ was crucified, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. If Christ lives in you, you have dominion power. If Christ lives in you, you got authority. If Christ lives in you, you got power to take your mind back. If Christ is in you, you have power to take possession of your vessel again. If Christ is in you, you have power to cast the demons and shake them off of you because you have kingdom power. We have this treasure in this earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. We have this power because of what Jesus Christ had done for us. Hallelujah. If the princes of this world had understood what Jesus was doing when he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, the Bible says they would not have crucified him, but they would let him live. They would find ways to make Christ live. There are fine ways. He would have, the devils would have been the one to, to make sure that he doesn't cast his foot against a stone. The, the devils would have been the one crowding around Jesus to make sure he stayed alive because inside of him was the hope of mankind all wrapped up in a pretty, pretty package. Inside of him was all the power that mankind needed. Inside of him was all the redemption power that mankind needed. But the princes of this world didn't understand that. The devils didn't understand that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They didn't understand it to the fact that the Bible says, I has not seen, neither ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed it unto us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. Hallelujah. What man know the things of a man to save the spirit that is in man. But the things of God knoweth no man. Hallelujah. But the spirit of God. But God, hallelujah, has not given us the spirit of the world. But we have the spirit that is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given unto us of God. And I'm so glad that I know the things that God has given unto me. I know the power that God has invested into this vessel. Hallelujah, the mystery that was hid from ages and generations. But now has been made manifest unto the saints, whom God will make known the riches of the glory of this mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory. If you got Christ in you, you got power. If you got Christ in you, you got authority. If you got Christ in you, you got dominion. If you got Christ in you, you got a right to rise up against all the attacks of Satan. If Christ is in you, you got everything you need. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Oh, you got a right to glorify God because you got Christ in you. That's the mystery that was hid. That's the mystery. Christ in you. Christ in you. The power of God. Hallelujah. That's the only way we have dominion. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to affirm themselves on today. Somebody needs to affirm the word of God in their heart on today. And somebody, hallelujah, needs to come and receive victory that only Jesus Christ, hallelujah, can offer on today. But you got to affirm the word of God. Hallelujah. I hear words like in Romans 8.37 when it says, nay, in all these things. Hallelujah. I'm more than a Did it say I'm just a conqueror? Did it say I'm just a conqueror? No, it didn't say I'm just a conqueror. It said I'm more M-O-R-E, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror, but I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I just don't conquer things. I'm more than conquer things. I'm more than overcome. Hallelujah. You got to affirm that same thing in your heart. It's that I'm more. I'm more. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God. Hallelujah. That gives us the victory. Through who? Through who? Because of Jesus Christ, our Lord, you have victory. You're more than a conqueror, and you have the victory. You got a friend that's saying, I got the victory. I've got the victory. I'm more than a conqueror, and I've got the victory. Hallelujah. In case that wasn't enough, I believe 2 Corinthians 2.14. Hallelujah. Now, Thanks be to God that causes me to always to triumph. Oh, what about that? Hallelujah. What about that? Now, that's a keeping word. He always causes you to triumph. It doesn't matter what comes your way. If your faith is in Jesus Christ, he always causes you to triumph. Hallelujah. Brings more clarity to the Romans 8.28. All things work together because he causes you to always to triumph. It doesn't matter what situation comes your way. You're triumphant. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. You're victorious. It doesn't matter what comes your way. You're more than a conqueror. You can overcome it because you got kingdom power. You got dominion power. You got subduing power. You got overcoming power. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Hallelujah. Who is he? The overcomer of the world? Hallelujah. Who is he? Who is he? Hallelujah. And if Jesus is overcome, you're an overcomer. You got power. You got dominion. Hallelujah. Rise up in your power. Rise up in your dominion. Hallelujah. Send the devil a clear message. It doesn't matter what's going on. Or what hasn't happened yet. My dominion power tells me I can praise him. Hallelujah. I can praise him in advance. I can praise him because he always causes me to triumph. That's why I can praise him in advance. I don't have to wait for the thing to happen. Hallelujah. I just, hallelujah. I don't have to wait for the thing to happen in order to praise God. Because I know that he's going to always, always cause me to triumph. I know that I'm more than a conqueror. You can rise up and give him a praise for the things you want. You can rise up for the things you expect him to do. Because he always causes you to triumph. God can't fail. He won't let you down. Nobody that trusts in him shall be made ashamed. You can trust Jesus. He has good track record. 
He hasn't failed me yet. He hasn't failed me yet. Oh, no, he hasn't failed me yet. Hallelujah. I don't care what the world is saying. Jesus Christ has not failed me yet. If he's failed you, then sit on down. But he's been good to you. You ought to get up and give him a praise. Give him your best praise. Give him the best praise. The best praise you have. Because you're a kingdom person. You're a kingdom saint. You have dominion. You have power. You have authority. Subdue the kingdom. Subdue the devil. Take back what the devil took from you. Take it back. Take it back. Hallelujah. I'm walking in my victory. Hallelujah. As I'm walking, I'm treading upon those serpents and scorpions. Hallelujah. As I'm walking, my feet, hallelujah, both feet are on my flesh. Both feet are upon those thoughts that are not like God because I got dominion. You got to believe it. I've got dominion. Do you got dominion? If you got to say, I got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got dominion. I've got dominion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe perhaps you're not sure of this yet. Hallelujah. Well, if you can come tonight and muster up some faith. Hallelujah. Let's come around this altar real quick. Hallelujah. Come treading. Come treading. Oh, get, get in that line. Get in that line. I want you to come treading. Stop it right there. Stop it right there. I want you to get in this line. I want you to come treading. Get your feet moving. Whatever that thing is that you need to tread upon, start treading it. Whatever that thing is that Jesus is giving you the power to put underneath your feet, tread on that thing tonight. Hallelujah. Bring it into your mind. That one thing that you need to put down. That one thing that you need to bring back under authority. Tread upon it. If you move your feet, hallelujah. Hallelujah, move your feet in faith. Bring that thing into your mind and tread upon it. Tread upon it. Hallelujah, trample upon it. Grind it into the dirt. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We're going to tread tonight. Hallelujah. Elder, lay hands on them. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Don't tread too far. Hallelujah, because you're going to get your blessing on tonight. Hallelujah. Don't tread too far out. Hallelujah. Elder Robertson, come on this side. Tread to the left and tread to the right. Tread on those things. He's just going to touch you and just keep on treading. Keep on stepping. Pick, pick them up and put them down. Hallelujah. You're going to get your victory tonight. Tonight, hallelujah, is a night of deliverance. Tonight is a night to get what you need from God. Tonight, hallelujah, is a night for you to be delivered. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. As a treading, is there somebody here that has need to be baptized in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. You've heard the word, and you want to take dominion. You want power, and you want authority. Tonight is your night to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That name will give you deliverance. That name will bring you out. Hallelujah. Come on, keep on shredding. Oh, glory.
Victor.